Well, good night. Good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we have got a jam-packed, busy show tonight. Um, I want to start off and thank Dr. Michael Bratlin from Chris Dental Family Dentistry for sponsoring our show. And my train's going by early tonight. Um, I also want to tell you, we're looking for to, we want to replace uh, someone's tooth. We're looking, we're doing a little competition kind of thing where it's going to be all I want for Christmas is one new tooth. So somebody who has a broken front tooth, it can't be completely gone, but Dr. Bratlin wants to give you a new tooth. And what you need to do is just email me a picture, rick at rickdancer.com. All that information is going by on your screen right there. And we're going to make that happen. Also, uh, Rosa Realty is giving away $200 to a family in need for a Thanksgiving dinner. We're going to do that on Monday, but we're looking for people to uh, give that to. We want to pick one family, but we need you to get involved in that. And all you have to do for that is the phone numbers on here, 541-316-8646, and text NOMINATE, and it'll have a little form, and you just fill that out for everything. Um, as I said, we have a busy, busy show tonight, so let's just kind of kick it in and uh, get rolling and move it ahead. Good evening from the News Radio 1120 AM and 93.7 FM KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London and I'm living the bad hair life. Here's some of the stories we're following tonight. As new coronavirus cases continue to drop, an Oregon COVID-19 House Committee is asking a question many have been asking. When is the statewide mask mandate going to go away? But despite having a lower daily case count than a month ago, the Oregon Health Authority told lawmakers during an informational meeting that the state's hospitalization numbers remain too high to take the mandate away, even though hospitalizations statistically have continued to plummet. The OHA says it's likely that people are going to need to continue to wear masks indoors through at least the beginning of the new year. And now the OHA is using a new tactic for not dropping the mask mandates. They're simply blaming it on the unvaccinated. Patrick Allen, director of the OHA, told the committee one in five Oregonians is completely unprotected from the virus, having neither been exposed nor vaccinated. So we'll need to get to that point, whatever that point is and whatever that point means. Even if the state decides to do away with the mandate, it's possible, according to Allen, that businesses will still need to require customers to wear masks to go into their establishments. The bottom line is, masks are not going away anytime soon. Well, not all Democrats have thrown Senator Betsy Johnson under the bus. The longtime Oregon State Senator announced a few weeks ago she intends to run for governor as an independent, infuriating many in her party. She was a Democrat. Shortly thereafter, Senate President Peter Courtney canceled Johnson by stripping her of her joint chair as leader of the Ways and Means Committee. And Democrats have had a problem with Johnson for quite some time because even though she has a D behind her name, she's a moderate and will loudly push back at the extreme factions within her own party. During the redistricting special session, Democrats who hold a supermajority in Salem jiggered her district, likely trying to eliminate her as a voice of moderation in the state. Well, one Democrat and an extremely liberal one, State Senator Lee Beyer, recently donated $1,000 to her campaign. And Beyer admits that he doesn't see eye to eye with Johnson, but in a recent interview, he said he respects her and that she served her constituents very well. Beyer says he expects this year's gubernatorial race to be the most competitive he's seen since 1974 when he first got into politics because he says voters are disaffected. According to Byers, and I'm quoting, I've never seen the public's mood like it is now. I think they're frustrated on both sides of the spectrum. And he may be on to something. Other Democratic politicians are also donating to Johnson's campaign, along with Republicans. Since she announced her decision to run, Johnson's campaign has taken in nearly $1,783,000. And she already held half a million dollars in campaign funds from when she announced. All told, she's sitting on a war chest of $2.3 million. That's about twice the amount that her closest competitor, 
the columnist from New York, has in his kitty. That's Nicholas Kristoff. Grants Pass police arrested several teens after opposing groups clashed outside of Grants Pass High School during a student protest. Administrators say students in the school and two middle schools led a walkout yesterday protesting the reinstatement of two educators who founded the iResolve pro-LGBTQ and trans movement. Grants Pass police say hundreds of students gathered in front of Grants Pass High School and they were eventually met by counter protests, and at least three people were arrested. Others could be charged. Well, Oregon lawmakers during the upcoming session will again consider whether employers have to pay overtime wages to farm workers. Representative Andrea Salinas, a Democrat from Lake Oswego, is going to reintroduce legislation that would phase in overtime pay for Oregon's estimated 174,000 migrant and seasonal farm workers. House Bill 2358, sponsored by Salinas in the last legislative session, died in committee. Supporters of the measure rallied outside the Capitol two days ago, part of a political campaign led by the labor union PCUN. Rihanna Lopez, the executive director of the group, said, for us, this is more than about pay. She says it's about better conditions. It's about a better quality of life. While a new bill is still being developed, Lopez said a work group is picking negotiations up where they left off during the last session. Farm workers would have been paid time and a half for hours above those limits. Farmers overwhelmingly opposed the bill, arguing it would harm workers rather than help them, since the increased labor costs would mean shorter schedules or being replaced by automation. The Oregon Environmental Quality Commission approved two new rules aimed at reducing vehicle pollution. The new clean trucks rule now requires manufacturers in the state of medium and heavy duty vehicles like large pickups, tractor trailer rigs and the like to sell a certain percentage of zero emission electric vehicles starting in 2025. Another rule tightens admission standards or emission standards from large trucks and takes in that'll take effect in 2025. Transportation figures for approximately 40% of the statewide greenhouse gas emissions. Currently, by the way, electric semis have about a 300-mile range and can recharge to 80% battery capacity in about 30 to 45 minutes. To get a full charge, it can take several hours, and it's expected that it's going to cost a lot more to ship with electric vehicles, and that will be passed on to consumers. And finally, watch out for IP6. The Oregon People's Rebate would put $750 in the pocket of every person every year. For a family of four, it would come to $3,000. And the way that it would pay for it, increase the minimum tax on corporations earning more than $25 million a year and divide that revenue up into a tax rebate for every Oregonian. I'm Bill London. And that's a look at some of the news. I'll see you tomorrow morning on the wake up call. Now, <laughs> that's the symbol internationally for realness. It's time to get real with Rick. Rick real. I didn't know that was the symbol, the international symbol for real. You know, Bill teaches us so much. We, we know so many things from him. Um, you guys, I want you to understand how significant that is that Betsy Johnson, Senator Betsy Johnson, has $2.3 million. The closest behind her is Nicholas Kristoff. That's the New Yorker who lives in Yamhill County and is running. He has 1.2. Tina Kotek, the House Speaker, who was what most people thought was going to you know, be really ahead on this. She has $440,000. Tobias Reed, I think he's the treasurer. We can ask our next guest. I think that's it. Oh, here goes my train real fast. You know what's good, though? When the train goes by, that, that means commerce is happening and things are moving by. So I don't get angry because I see lumber flying out of the mills from Oregon and going across the country. And that's a really good thing. Tobias Reed has 661,000 and uh, top Republican Bud Pierce who ran last uh, last time, uh, he has 752,000. So what that tells me is Oregonians are frustrated and uh, they're willing to take a shot at this. So we'll see what happens. It's a long shot anyway. Okay, so we're gonna go to that story Bill had there about uh, 
um, the OHA, the Oregon Health Authority, talking with the legislature the other day about and the question I well, I guess the question was, we'll ask Raquel Moore Green, a representative from House District 19. Welcome to the show. It's nice to have you. Thank you for making time. I know you're in between meetings and you worked this out for me, and I do appreciate that. Well, good evening, Rick, and thank you so much for um, inviting me into uh, your neighborhood. <laughs> you're welcome. So what, what you were at this, was it a hearing? Tell folks what you heard and what is going on here and your concerns. Well, it was, um, we just completed legislative days where the various committees receive reports and updates from um, the agencies that uh, that are legislation effects. So for, for instance, this particular um, legislation was is with OHA and it was the House Behavioral Health Committee. And there were a couple of topics, well, there were several topics on the um, agenda for the day. And one of them had to do with an update from Dr. Seidlinger on uh, the coronavirus and um, uh, the Delta variant. And um, another one was um, with Rachel Banks, also from OHA, um, around a, um, I guess what I would call it is like a wallet um, that you can keep your um, uh, documentation, your health documentation in. So, so go ahead. Okay. So that is that a passport? Well, uh, some might call it a passport. Yes, mm-hmm. where you know so apparently you can easily you know show whatever it is that you need to show to somebody, just like you would have to pull out your driver's license. Um, well, I wouldn't have to, but if I was going to buy a glass of wine in a bar, right? You know. So um, who's working? Wait, 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 wait. So who's working on that? OHA is the so Oregon Health Authority. Okay, so I've seen this posted around, and yes. I didn't think it was real. Yes. Um, and it's is this supposed to kick off in March of 2022. Yes, and uh, you know, um, yes, that is what what Rachel Banks told us uh, yesterday. Well, and the interesting thing, uh, you know, Rick, what what uh, the the question that came to mind that was not we didn't have time to ask because these, um, you know, we have so much packed in and so much to to listen to um, that oftentimes we don't have an opportunity to to ask questions. But, you know, this is actually a consumer product. Right. I mean, if I wanted to organize uh, the credit cards in my wallet, uh, my literal wallet, you know, the old fashioned kind, I would go buy a wallet that I could organize all of my information in. Um, and this essentially is an electronic wallet to organize your medical information in. Well, why would OHA be creating a consumer product? That is, yeah, like the, the, that's not really their job, is it? No. <clears throat> so if they're if that's if they're creating a consumer product, then we can, <clears throat> I guess, the next assumption would be that something's going to be used to be put in that, which is what people are kind of freaking out about. Correct. I didn't. That is not why I had you here to talk. I did not know that came out of that meeting. But I seriously, I have been looking into that all day long. I've been trying to find out because I see it being passed around, and I don't like to put stuff out there if I don't know it's real, sure. because it's called get real with Rick. So we kind of need to be real, um, except for the censorship that we can't do because they, they keep shutting me off and, and that kind of thing. So, so God, that, you have now I'm kind of, now I'm kind of antsy and I'm angry. Well, okay. um, and, and for full disclosure, anybody can, can look at the presentation that was made and that you can find that on OLIS and there's some navigating that you need to do. You know, it's, it's the legislature's, uh, um, place where we have all of our meetings and you can actually go back and watch the meeting so you can hear the presentation too if that's something that you're interested in. It's completely public. It's all there for everybody to see. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So let's get to the other topic that I'm supposed to be talking about, but oh, thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Oh, no, no, no. Raquel, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up because I did not know that. And I want my audience to know that. So <laughs> yeah, you just made my night. Um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway. I guess I'm done, huh? <laughs> no, 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 you still have to answer another question. You still have to, so you're, it sounds to, you know, I heard 
the governor was in Washington, D.C. Um, with um, her other boss, the president, and she was a bunch of there was some interviews on K K2 in Portland where she was talking and people were starting to ask. I think people are starting to ask, OK, what's in it with the mask? There's five states in the country. We still are supposed to be wearing them outside at football games. Nobody else is doing that. Where's the what's the number? We've hit the 70 percent of people in the state being vaccinated. That was the goal way months ago. So why in the hell are we still wearing masks inside of businesses? And that question was asked to them. And what did they say? Well, um, I don't know that I can give the answer verbatim, but ultimately, I believe it was uh, Director Patrick Allen said he didn't anticipate uh, the mask mandates being removed uh, anytime soon. So what do we do? I mean, I think people are, it's like, do they, I mean, no offense, but, you know, you actually work for me. Um, I do. I, know, yes. I, well, actually, I work for the constituents of House District 19, South Salem, Turner and Almsville. I'd be honored to represent you if you moved into my district. <laughs> <laughs> well, the governor works for us. And how do yes. we as people, since you're a legislator, and how do we as people get this? I mean, it. this is this executive order was never meant to be used this way. Correct. Uh, for this long. And people Correct. need to understand that this is way overused of this thing. Yes. And so how do we as people and, and, and I had a guy say the other day to me, um, you know, Rick, I'm so tired of use your voice, speak out because none of it's doing any good. What, what, where does that change come from? How, how do we do more than just gripe about this? I think something has to be done. Who do we go to to say, huh, -uh, we're done, done. Um, I don't know that there is a mechanism um, to, to do that within the Constitution. Um, uh, you know, we haven't been able to um, communicate to other members in the legislature to uh, call the governor in to be accountable because the legislature can do that. We can, we do have the ability statutorily to um, uh, call in a, a, a session and call her and um, have her be accountable to us, but there doesn't seem to be any will on the other side to do that. So then people need to contact, I guess the, the best thing we can do is we need to develop that will amongst ourselves and we need yes. to be contacting those legislators, you, any other legislator and saying, you know, you know, I mean, it's there's five states and I don't mm -hmm. think it's any worse in Oregon than it is anywhere else. And yet we're sitting here and people in the other states are laughing at us because yes. it's like this is still going on. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, have friends in other states and, you know, it's it, they're they're just flabbergasted that that we are still um, under such a, a, a heavy hand. Yeah. For, for lack of a better word. And and, you know, I, I also believe that it's it's not only putting pressure on the legislators, but it's also putting pressure on the governor. You know, um, it, it truly is. And this is one thing that um, when constituents reach out to me, you know, over the last 18, 24 months on this topic, I thank them. I tell them what I have done. And I, uh, you know, we give them the contact information for the governor's office because she needs to hear from them. And about once a month, I write her a letter sharing with her what I've heard from my constituents, just in case she hasn't heard from my constituents. So that's really our where we need to go with this now is be, be you guys we have to be active and be saying something and and i i also want to make the point while you're here too because you know i think what i get tired of it's it's not that we're anti-mask and anti-vax or anti this or anti that it's like we're pro-choice we are just saying we want our freedom back because this is what look at the numbers i saw in the interviews that the governor did she said you know we're following the science Bullshit. Excuse my language in front of a representative, but that's just bullshit. We're not following the science that that hasn't been happening for months and months and months. No. And it's like it's time that this just we just, you know, get back to some sort of new normal. And I hate yeah. that word, but get back right. to that. 
Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, there was a, um, a very small article I, um, earlier this week, I believe it was in the Oregonian, but I'm not certain, um, that said um, OHA had re uh, on their reporting had a 14% positivity rate. And they knew that wasn't right, but they didn't know where the mistake was in their data. Which just really then leads me to believe, well, what other mistakes have there been in your data? How has, how has this been affecting Oregonians? I, earlier today, Rick, I, um, uh, I hosted a business roundtable with three business organizations here in, in the greater Salem area. It was the Salem area Chamber of Commerce. Uh, SEDCOR and the Latino Business Alliance. And I, I wanted to hear from business owners, you know, the boots on the ground. What are, what are your challenges with workforce, right? Because this is something that we've got not only in healthcare, but, but every industry, everybody has been affected. And it, it was very interesting because um, one of the gentlemen at the very end, he said to me um, that there is a collective depression among all Oregonians yep. and it's, it's fear, you know, gosh, am I going to get my grandma sick? You know, am I going to get sick? It's, and it's isolation and it's prolonged. Right. And, yeah. and it was so interesting to hear this from business owners because they've seen it, they're seeing it in their staff right. and um, you know, the the stress and the strain of home has has increased. And then you've got another layer at work that has increased. And people are saying, I'm done. I the only lever and this were literally his words. The only lever they have to relieve stress is to quit the job. Yeah. And, and that is not the answer. Uh, and no. I want to make one other point yesterday in our committee meeting. Um, the executive director of um, the National Association for Mental Health um, here in, in Oregon spoke. And he talked about um, what he called unrelenting stress for all Oregonians, that this just isn't something that we're seeing in one sector, but it's throughout the state. And this is, this is caused by the isolation, the fear, um, and uh, the, the prolonged period that, that we've been in this, you know, you can only uh, balance it for so long and something has to give. Right. You can't have an emergency for two years. No, you That's can't. That's not an emergency. That become, this is becoming something bigger than that. Yes. Raquel, thank you so much, mm -hmm. um, one, for breaking that little, I, I seriously have been looking into that all day. And um, thank you for saying something. I'm going to go look harder now. And it was a pleasure having you on here. Welcome Thank down you. to the southern part of the state. You know, we'd love to have you come down and talk sometime. I, we'll keep... I shall. I now shall. You're on Thank my you route. so much. Okay, you're very welcome. Get back to your good meeting. Evening. Well, we kept her way longer, but she shouldn't have told me good stuff. <laughs> I love doing this show. You know why? Because stuff like that happens. And this doesn't happen on the regular news because people can't talk. Um, and, and this is awesome. This is why we do this. Now, this next topic, um, we're going to be really careful. This is the Children's Health Defense, and we now have an Oregon chapter. Um, and I'm going to let um, Catherine Green is going to come on here. So, Catherine, come on here. And so, guys, here's the, here's the honest to God truth. Um, we are censored so much that if, so, if we say too much of certain things, um, the, 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 the channels pull us and they knock me off for a while. So we're trying to be really, really careful about what we're talking about here. Um, but it's also we want to get information out because the, the um, Children's Health Defense Oregon chapter, you guys are having a rally and kind of let's talk, start with that, Catherine, tell people what's going on. Okay, so we're aligning with Children's Health Defense National and other groups and Hi, Rick, and thank you for having us on, first worry, off, before I jump into that. But what we're doing is we're aligning with National and other groups that are calling for literally worldwide walkouts. And the reason they've been calling for these is because our situation is very dire. And what Raquel was just discussing is part of this. We've worked on that little meeting that, that just happened, and it is the Green Pass that they're planning on bringing in in Oregon. And they do want you to show papers just like 
um, other, uh, shall we say, societies at other times in other yeah. countries wanted you to show your papers before you were allowed to travel, to buy, to sell, to get to your bank account potentially. I mean, there is a, a deep movement afoot that I would say that all Oregonians that I know are against, but many are just not conscious of it. Uh, I'd like to tell you guys that my husband is German, and so I kind of have my ear to the ground in Europe a little bit. And Austria just locked down everybody who's unvaccinated. Yeah. Even though the science, if you will follow the science, it is now the vaccinated, sadly, that are having some very catastrophic effects. And I'm sorry to say those things, but it does appear to be the case. And we do need to follow the science. We need to look very carefully. We need to understand our choices. My feeling is humans have a tendency to do things before they understand the consequences of their actions. Um, Bobby Kennedy, you know, he started our group and he started it because of mercury in air and in water and, you know, affecting people. And this is Robert, this is Bobby Kennedy. Junior. Son. Yeah, and, this is Robert F. Kennedy's son, Bobby Kennedy Jr. Like a real environmentalist kind of guy and that's like you were telling me earlier that yeah. mercury's where it kind of got in and then mercury's also used in other things in our culture um, yes. that he started seeing that as well and yep. started jumping in and that's how they started this whole group so the, the whole idea <laughs> is to make parents and people more aware of what they're doing and what they're putting in their body right absolutely so a toxin's a toxin however you get it i think this is really important there's also other you know, effects in our environment that have you know, negative health consequences. So one of the big lawsuits that Children's Health Defense National recently won was against the FCC for not doing safety testing before they gave the telecom communications companies the right to put 5G towers and antennas everywhere, even on private property against your wishes. You could be EMF sensitive. I'm slightly EMF sensitive, but I have friends that are exceedingly EMF sensitive and have to live off in the woods because of it. That's how sensitive they've become. And wow. it is a real thing. It's recognized in some countries. And as we keep amplifying and amplifying and amplifying the grid, it is certainly the most dangerous for children. And where do you see the huge cell phone towers going up? They're sitting on top of our schools, right? Yeah. I noticed it's, it just the other day. It's a problem. And we're not recognizing it. And we do tend to realize later down the road the consequences of our choices. When I was a little kid, my father thought the DDT was the coolest stuff in the world. I don't know if you remember the commercials, but they said, DDT, it's good for me, right? They, they did not know or they pretended not to know. You know, they would spray it on your fruits and apples and tell you to re eat it right up. It was fine. We now know better. But it took us years to figure this out. And we have similar events occurring today at a really light speed pace. We've just entered the largest human experiment ever done in the history of the world, frankly. And, and, look, at, and, and look at stuff like how, you know, like back in the day, it's, it's, I always use this analogy, it's just kind of funny, is the hippies um, used to be the people like saying, don't, you know, watch what you're putting on your food, don't use pesticides, don't use Roundup, all these different things. And now it's become kind of a switch here. Maybe they're still saying that there, but we're just, we, your, your whole group's ideas are pay attention to the science, pay attention to what's going on here because you, it, it's usually with all of this stuff, Catherine, don't you find that it's after the fact and be, by the time it's too late that we that's often find That's absolutely correct. So, there's aspects to this that I wish people would think a little more critically about. So we do know that in the virus that has given us such a huge problem here for two years, and I, I do not want to play that down, but in that effect, the main toxin is the spike protein. Well, what are we, what are we telling ourselves to make? Now, it may be true that by doing this, you gain some temporary immunity. But what if you're doing a lot of other things you're not recognizing? What if the body's having a hard time clearing this? It is another toxin. Again, it's a toxic protein. So it's toxins. It truly is toxins we have to think about. And those toxins can come in the form of glyphosate. Bobby Kennedy was very involved in the glyphosate lawsuits that finally proved it is a carcinogen. Most of us have known this for 20 years, frankly. But it was just 
ubiquitous in our food supply. We have rain falling that has glyphosate in it in this country. We've used so much. So there's solutions for our problems, but we really do have to move away from toxins. We need to, in my opinion, align more with mother nature, listen a little more carefully to how we are supposed to function. I do believe that most diseases will go back to either a nutritional deficiency or a toxin or a toxic living environment. And that can be physically, it can be emotionally. And that goes back to what's been going on for two years, talking about the depression, right? You have children, this, this thing, this thing is horrible for children, okay? It is terribly damaging and we have serious concerns and Oregon has broken my heart with the way that they have masked up our kids and then had them exercising until they literally fell over and collapsed or even died and had to be brought back to life because of hypoxia. This is just not not thinking clearly. We're not using our heads. We're being irrational, in my opinion, on a way, on a scale that is stunning. I mean, I suddenly understand now how we burned witches in the Middle Ages or how yes. other things happened because we're not thinking clearly. We really need to get back to thinking clearly on these topics because they are so important and it is children's health. This is our next generation. If you harm them, if you harm their health, what, what, what is worth that? There is no price that is worth that. We're now asking children to protect parents, right? Because yeah, we yeah. know they do have this, very little risk. So do, do this for me. Would you, how do people get involved to find out more about what your group's doing? Okay, so we have a website. We're still, you know, forming because we're just volunteers at this stage, okay? There's no paid people working this, but we're building an app ambassador program. So we have ambassadors forming in every county in Oregon. We've got some great ambassadors in Portland now. I'd like to give a shout out to them. They're doing a terrific job basically organizing this Portland rally, which is happening on the 20th between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m in front of the Portland School Board buildings at 501 North Dixon. And this is, as I said, in alignment because it's not just about one issue. This is many issues. We've had a million businesses bankrupted in the United States of America. We have fired and abused the nurses and doctors who saw us through this pandemic. That's criminal actions, in my opinion. So- Catherine. We so, really so, need to stand up to this. Thank you so much for taking time uh, to do. And would you do just one thing? There is, um, I don't want you to mention it, but if you just hold the book up, um, there is a book out that was written by Bobby Kennedy Jr. And that's a book that you might want to pick up and look at because it has some of the information that she's been talking about. Catherine Green, thank you so much for being with us. I do appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you You're very welcome. much. See you later. All right. It's a crazy night. So a lot of people right now, next week is Thanksgiving and you're going to be traveling. And so if you're going to be going on an airplane, you're going to have to have COVID testing and all that sort of thing. Adam Bratton joins us now from Any Lab Test Now. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Good. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing well. Thanks. <laughs> I was going to be a teacher and go, Adam, take the gum out of your mouth. I know. I know. So Adam's been with us for a long time and they do over 8,000 different tests. In fact, I just had to have some testing done and my insurance is so bad. I went to a doctor in Portland. He said, you can do, here's the test you need. Took him in there within a week. I had my results back and it was cheaper than going to the, the hospital. So I appreciate the regular things that you do from a vitamin D testing. And you guys are given like um, vitamin, vitamin shots and vitamin B yeah. and vitamin D. And, and those are all really important for those of us trying to keep our health intact so that we don't get COVID, but you also do the COVID testing. Talk to people about what you're doing and how they can get that in for the holidays. Okay, well, actually, since we talked last, we've had a huge game changer here in that we have two of our own PCR machines in-house. So, yeah, so it's a huge game changer for us because as you know, Stephanie and I would stay up till midnight or 2 a.m. waiting for these results to be processed in another lab that was up in Seattle. So now we can turn we can turn PCR tests in as soon as two hours, but we guarantee same day now. And wow. it's I just can't tell you the you know September you know August and September with when Delta was of course going rampant, 
that was almost unsustainable for us to do long term. I mean, we just there's only so many days you can wake up at nine and know that you're going to bed or you're going to be done noon to or not noon, but um, midnight to 2 a.m. So and not only that, we can just turn them quicker. It's a total game changer. And we've had them in office now for two weeks and it's just fantastic. So 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 that's super important for people doing traveling because you have to know you get 72 hours before you get on a plane, you have to have that test. So for international travel and so yeah. you yeah. guys are able to do that. Um, that, that, yeah, and well, there, there are a lot of large airports that are doing PCR at the airport, but what we're seeing is that, you know, whether it's a group of family or people wanting to scuba dive in the Red Sea, or even we've had a couple movie stars in here recently. Um, yeah, that needed PCR, I think, to go back on set. But, and when they're traveling back down to Los Angeles, let me say that, there's no movies being cut here in Eugene that I know of. Yeah. I but uh, but um, uh, there's a lot of travelers that don't want to wait until they get to the airport and have all their kids in tow to find out if somebody in their group is popping positive. Right. So, and with that 72 hour notice, you can actually get that knocked off your list a couple days beforehand. So yes, the airports do offer it, which is a good service. Um, you know, I'm not sure how that works, whether, you know, if they can't process it in time or, yeah. So I don't know that part of it, but I know that we're still having a steady stream of travelers coming in who want to get that knocked off their list a couple of days early. So they don't, it's not something they have to worry about. Well, I imagine you also get a lot of people because I do listen to your radio commercials that we produce and all that. And, uh -huh. um, and you're saying how people could, and I never had thought about that is if you started having symptoms of COVID um, it's not like you want to wait a couple of days to find out. You want to get the test done and find out if this is what you have. And especially putting pressure on that would be the holidays. If you start, you know, because I think all of us get to that point where it's like, no, I got a sore throat. Oh, oh God, is that COVID? <laughs> you know, or allergies. What is it? And that way people could go to their holidays and, and be feel safe because they've gone in and had that test. They know kind of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. We're part of a franchise. So we talk to other franchise owners and in the bigger cities, um, they will go in and test like a whole wedding group before the wedding starts. And a lot of that's to protect grandma, grandpa. And plus, I mean, you know, Delta was crazy. I mean, it was incredibly infectious. We saw that here. And, you know, I mean, obviously you, you don't want to have a wedding and then have a ton of people get sick at your yeah. wedding. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. And we've, and we've always done the rapid antigen, but that's, in my estimation, from what I read, about 68% accurate, whereas the PCR is closer to 99% accurate. Did you ever in a million years think that, because I know how you are, you're like your brother. It's like when something comes up, Adam goes in and he researches it to death. And yeah. did you ever think you would know so much about the... No, the no. You know, in the beginning, our stance was we didn't want to do the COVID testing. Because we are, you know, a small clinic. We didn't, you know, we don't have the employees if a thousand people, you know, were waiting in line. But yeah, we I never thought, I never thought it would be like this ever. So what so. do people need to make an appointment? Kind of explain that, like how they find you, how, make an appointment. That I put the phone numbers on here so people can call, but let them know kind of the process. Well, yeah, I mean, they can call us to make an appointment. We are a walk-in clinic. So we do ask that if you are symptomatic, you're coughing, sneezing, or you think you're sick, or you think you've been exposed, just wait in your car and call us and we'll come out to your car. So, I mean, yeah, you can make an appointment or which is, which is probably what you want to do if you're traveling and you're bringing in a, you know, your whole family, you probably want to make an appointment. So we have that time dedicated for you. Otherwise the wait, a typical wait can be 15 minutes, 20 minutes at the longest. So it's it's not horrendous. It's not like going to the emergency room. Right. So, uh, but I did want to mention one other thing. Now that we're seeing Delta slow down, we're seeing a lot of uh, people come in getting their vaccine panel to see the level of spike proteins in their blood. And, and especially we're getting a lot of healthcare professionals that are coming in. Huh. To because th because they want to know where they're at before they get the booster. Oh, I see. 
And you guys do all that too. You can tell people where. Yeah. So the vaccine panel, we had, we always had the immunity panel for people that have had COVID or thought they were exposed to COVID to see what their antibody levels are. But, and we've had the vaccine panel for a while, but it's, it didn't become popular until all this booster talk. So, so yeah, it is kind of becoming the, one of the predominant tests we're doing here is that vaccine panel. Okay. All right. Adam Bratlin, thank you so much for uh, one helping sponsor the show. This was today. This was the Bratlin and Bratlin show because you and your brother both did. So, um, yeah. but I love what you're doing. And yeah, thank you for coming on and letting us. I can't it. advertise anywhere without him being behind me or in front of me or talking over me. <laughs> well, you grew up together. Now you have to still do business together. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Thank you so much. We appreciate your support, man. Okay. Thank you, Rick. I'll see you Bye. later. All right, you're getting in. That's Adam Bratlin and uh, Stephanie Freeman is his partner and they own that business together. And uh, like I said, in addition to COVID, uh, so many other things that you can go and get blood tests, insulin tests, testosterone checked, um, your estrogen levels, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they can do it. And it's so much more efficient to me <laughs> than going to my doctor. But anyway, that's just me. That's how I roll. Um, Kimberly. Well, well hello. Have you been just educated to heck tonight? I know. I mean, I'm learning all, all sorts of things on this show. I'm still kind of reeling over the uh, the news. Wow. I, I, I was like, I'm serious, Kim. I, Kim Stark is a, she, well, she's with us now. She's part of, she's the and friends. Um, she and Bill. I have yeah, two friends, right. Kim <laughs> and Bill. And um, so she's part of this, but we used to work at KZI together. And so did you, I, I want to go back and watch the video, the look I on know. my face when the representative said, I have yeah. been looking into that all day long, trying to prove whether that was really that, because it's really obscure when you see the stuff they're handing around, it could be, a, it could just be fake. And so right. I try to be real careful about that, but it's, but it's been like, it's well, on the know. official memo stuff, but it mm -hmm. never says what it's for. Mm. And, and it, yep. it's just, it's just kind of leading that way that nobody can, you can't just put your finger on it. So when she said that, I'm just ah. like, Whoa. Yes, victory! I know. I'm so glad yeah, that that scares the shit out of me because yeah. um, if the passports come into Oregon, um, we better stand up and start talking. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So yep. you're here to do something more fun. Um, well, that's been fun for me. But <laughs> not, yeah, maybe not more fun, but no, it, it is. It's the it's tis the season. We have all sorts of events, of course, that are kind of Christmassy if you're in the mood. So we'll talk about that. Okay, so you take it away, and I'm gonna go. Uh, okay. <laughs> Take a breather. Take okay. Well, um, there are a lot of holiday bazaars this weekend. So if you're ready and you're itching for Christmas to get here and you're in the mood to get festive, um, there are a few bazaars and we'll start off with one in Vanita. And this one's put on by the AAG, the Applegate Art Guild in Vanita. And so we're joined by one of those members, Carol, this evening. And Carol, you took some great pictures and video and we'll put those up and you'll have them on the Facebook page. Tell us a little bit about this event this weekend. Okay, well, we're participating in the 44th Annual Fern Ridge Holiday Bazaar. And the event is uh, tomorrow, Friday, November 19th, and Saturday the 20th from 9 to 5. Okay. Applegate Art Guild and Galleries, located at 87230 Central Road. That's just east of Anita off 126 in the Fern Ridge area. Great. Perfect. That's easy to find. I love these pictures you're sharing. I see some amazing artwork in here, just in these few pictures right here. And I saw a green catcher, some blankets. Um, what kind of like, so what kind of art can we expect if we're going out there? All right. There's quite a variety. And what's interesting, every time I walk through, I see something I didn't see the first time through. So I mean, you really have to come see to appreciate um, besides the pictures, but we have jewelry and there's wreaths, there's handcrafted gifts uh, we have um you know handcrafted original gifts gourds lots of beautiful oh, okay. gourds and really interesting what they've done with the gourds glass art wood oh. decoupage uh there's greeting cards we have okay. um christmas hanukkah and some other uh, greeting cards as well fiber arts woven rugs yes yeah, so quite a variety 
You know what I love about these kind of things is keeping it local and you can go do your Christmas shopping now. You don't have to worry about ordering online, waiting for the shipments that may or may not arrive. Um, so just keep it local. Go and get your gifts right here and have them ready to go. And I know that Rick was asking the hours. Did you tell us your hours for this? Yes, it is uh, nine to five. And that would be uh, the 19th and 20th. So the next okay. couple of days. And um one of the objectives of the organization is to uh, perform a service to the community by providing enrichment and education uh, of the cultural life in this area and also to encourage and recognize members of their artwork and their crafts and we are always looking for new members and our our facebook page is you can find it under applegate art guild and gallery so we okay. have all the pictures there and a video. Great. Yes, that'll get you in the mood to go out there. Thank you so much for joining us, Carol, with information oh. on that. And you guys make it out to Benita. It's such a short drive and so well worth it to support these local artists. So I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> And there are some other um, bazaars going on this weekend, as I mentioned earlier. So Vanita, obviously super close. There's the Farmhouse at Fern Ridge Holiday Bazaar in Junction City. And then Home for Christmas Sip and Cider Shopping Event over in Cottage Grove. So you could go there to check that out. That sounds fun. Um, the Eugene Saturday Market is having their holiday market at the Lane Event Center. And then, okay, I found one. This is in Portland, so it's a little further, but uh, some of you, some, not for some of you, in Hillsboro, my favorite name, Every Husband's Nightmare Bazaar. That is so genius. I love that name. <laughs> um, but moving on from bazaars, we have a nonprofit organization that promotes women in music and arts, and they are called Girls Rock, and it's G-R-R, R L Z girls rock. And they have this November is girls rock month. So they have all sorts of events this month, Rick. And it looks like it's a lot of fun and they have um, ongoing events. If you want to check out their page, we'll post that as well. They, they were a client for a while that we did stories with them. And it's, what's cool about it is it's started off as girls rock. Now it's boys, girls, anybody in between yeah. it's um, everybody. And they, they really do. Um, in fact, we've had a couple of artists from um, artists like singers from oh, their yeah. organization on our show and one of them is doing very very well she started there and she's doing okay. very very well now so it's kind of fun what was the name of that bizarre for the husband oh my gosh is that the, the best name um every husband's nightmare <laughs> yeah, i mean they named it that so i love it because they're bringing people in you want to see it you want to see some stuff get bought your wife is going to load it up at the well, you know how the other thing we did we um i think the vanita the emporium and vanita is open this weekend too Yes, and they're open. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's what's really fun. Then you got two places right in the same community. You can go that's back true. and forth because you're going to find all kinds of local art and local products. And right. if you've ever been to the Emporium, it's a really great, they're one of our clients as well. They do great stuff out there. So now you got two reasons. You know, they always put a McDonald's and a Jack in the Box next to each other. They're so you'll go much. back and forth. But I'm not comparing your events to the Jack no, in the Box. No, but you're comparing the closeness and the convenience. And I love it. And you know what? A lot of people are in the mood this year. It's just so great to have the stuff open and we can actually go enjoy Christmas this year. So, so what are you and the twins doing this weekend? Okay, this weekend we'll be going to visit cousins and um and then we just have yeah, just have fun fun stuff for them in store. We're probably going to hit up a bazaar, Rick. That's probably what we'll do. Um somebody says the Cowboy Christmas in Las Vegas during the NFR rodeo takes 2 days to see. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh good. And Carol put the um address up too for Carol perfect. Okay. Thank Great. you so much. All yeah. right, Kim. Um, have a good weekend and we'll see you Tuesday with elements we'll for healthy living yep, for healthy lives right before thanksgiving i'll have some thanksgiving health stories so i hope it doesn't include not eating dressing hmm. okay i'm not going to give anything away you'll see <laughs> all right see you later kim thank you Bye. so we had a little bit long of a show tonight but you know what um those are good days when you get all that stuff in there and you can get all that information and uh wow you guys if you if we haven't learned anything from this i hope that we're learning a couple of things and this is when that time and you can shut me off if you want that's fine this is my time um i think we've learned a couple of things we really cannot afford to be apathetic with our health with our government with um our community and with ourselves in our relationships i mean we have i think maybe i was talking to my wife about this the other day I think we're learning to, we have to be engaged in life for a long, I had a guy one time tell me, 
Rick, there's so many people in this world who just are living, but they're not really living. They're not coming alive. And maybe something good that comes out of this is that we have to come alive. And that means participation and taking part in this. And when it comes to that passport that you just put up there, somebody on there that that we start giving our we talk. And you know what? And I am not going to shut up um, about it. And I think that all of us need to express our opinions about why we think that's dangerous. And um, and then when and start calling people out for this kind of stuff, not being mean, you can be kind and direct at the same time. What they want you to think is that firmness is wrong and that you're a killer because you're you're being firm and you have a different opinion. Well, that's just bullshit. And we need to stand up and say, no, here's the science I want you to pay attention to. I'll look at yours and let's come up with some ideas of how we're going to cooperate together and do something that works for all of us, not just for some of us. And maybe that's what we're learning tonight. Like with that, with her um, representative, uh, Moore Green, talking about that, bringing up that passport thing. That's crazy. Betsy Johnson, a Democrat turning into an independent. I kind of think she's disaffiliating with all parties, but I don't know for sure because she's a friend of mine. I'll ask her. But for her running and people, her having more money, I never expected in a million years she would. And I know some of you think she's a wild card or whatever, but you don't know her. That woman is a, I almost said, <laughs> she'll kick ass. <laughs> That's what I'll tell you. Betsy Johnson, Senator Betsy Johnson will kick ass ass and you know what she loves what you know she she doesn't love being she how did i'm not trying to put words in her mouth there's a lot of people who want to be governor and then there's people who want to serve oregonians betsy johnson is the latter of the two she wants to serve the people of oregon no matter what your party is your affiliation your vac status um whether you have a passport or not that's what she's all about. And that's what Oregon is all about. And it got diluted by a bunch of crap. And so we no longer have this. And I think that a lot of us are feeling mentally ill <laughs> because we've been locked down so long, even though I don't do lockdown. But I think it's time to wake up. And uh, and, and what is what did the representative say? You need to write all the representatives. You need to write one letter, send it to all of them and say enough is enough. Uh, we need to get this open. And um, because remember, Governor Brown, you work for us and you forget that. But we're remember, we're going to remind you that you are the governor of Oregon and we are Oregon. <laughs> Go read your constitution, lady. <laughs> Well, there, I've probably gotten myself in enough hot water tonight. Ah, that felt good. So tomorrow night, we don't have a show. We'll be back on Monday. And Monday, we have Veterans Legacy coming. Um, they're going to be doing some showing you some stuff that's going on this weekend. That's another thing we didn't get in there. They're having a, a horse thing this weekend out there. So you could, you could go to Benita and then go on out to Veterans Legacy. But they'll be on with us. And then Rosa Real Estate is going to be here to pick their winner of a family in need that's going to get a $200 Thanksgiving dinner on them. And then uh, we've got a whole week next week. And then you guys coming up on the 29th. Tucker Wettstein, a, a country singer from back east, his, somehow he has a family member here. Anyway, we connected. He's really good. And he's going to be on our show on Monday, the 29th, after Thanksgiving. So I'm pretty excited that we got him. So that'll be pretty fun. All right. So um, have a great night. And uh, as uh, someone just put on here, good show tonight, Rick. We are Oregon. Bam. And then the mic drops. Thank you.